Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison. This is the Special Teams Lounge. We got Lou Headley of the Miami Hurricanes and Max Duffy of the Kentucky Wildcats. The amount of knowledge and experience that you guys have is going to be really valuable, so I'm really pumped to, to get to talk to you guys. So let's go ahead and get started with the first question. I guess we both came through the same program, uh, Pro Kick Australia, um, run by Nathan Chapman, John Smith. Uh, it was great. Um, I didn't really hear about it. I kind of came over here on a trip, and Lou's probably got his own story, but I came over over here on a trip and went to a uh, Cal um, versus UCLA game. Uh, and then one of my buddies that I was sitting with happened to have a friend that was punting at Ole Miss at the time, Tim Gleason. So, oh, sorry, Will Gleason. So, um, yeah, kind of heard about it through him. He told me that you know, I should give it a shot and I kind of pursued it from there and it's all worked out pretty well. Lou's probably got his own story though. Yeah, mine's uh, somewhat similar. I mean, we both went to Pro Kick Australia. Um, I actually found out about Pro Kick through um, the media back home, Duffy signed with, not really signed, but just uh, went with Pro Kick, moved to Melbourne, and I've seen that. Um, and then, yeah, they sort of they sort of check you out and see if you, you've got what it takes to come over here and kick a ball. And uh, from there, I, I had to go to junior college first because I didn't have my AA. So I had to go to uh, San Francisco for two years. So in order to graduate for, uh, for Miami. So just, in, yeah, but Nathan Chapman and John Smith do a great job of getting us boys over here. And, and now we're here. It's good. Once upon a time, y'all had normal lives where you guys were playing other sports and you were going home and you could talk to your mom and dad and have lunch and dinner locally with your friends. And you guys both left that on the other side of the globe. Yeah. Um, I guess for myself and Lou would be the same. I guess we were both sitting around kind of one level underneath professional. I played professional for three years, but I uh, ended up getting cut from that. So sitting one level underneath, it's it's not a very lucrative lifestyle. And uh, I guess you're kind of looking for bigger and better things and wanting to progress on with your life and do things that are really hard and really challenging and things that not many guys, particularly from Australia, get to do. And um, I guess that's why I made a decision to come over here and give it a shot. It's, it's an interesting process, definitely going through from Australia. Uh, we have to, you know, we don't get the, all the offers and decide kind of thing. The, the coaches kind of choose it all for us. So we just get told one day where we're going, which is uh, always quite interesting the day you find out. But um, yeah, I mean, to come over here and be able to play in front of, you know, 100,000 people in the SEC is is something that we really don't get a whole lot of back home unless you're playing professionally. So, um, and, you know, further your degree and get your education, it's a great opportunity and something I'm very grateful for. Now, just touching off what Duff said, it's, you know, I was, I was working in construction. Uh, Duff was obviously a hip player in the pros for a bit back home in the Australian Football League but I was sort of just working and you know playing uh, the level under which I guess I don't know how you can compare it to anything over here I guess you know the closest thing maybe is like the XFL but you know, players don't really get paid, you know, big dollars enough to make a proper living out of playing semi-pros back home. 
So, yeah, I did that for about um, four or five years. I was working and, yeah, like the upset, I was, you know, I was getting pretty bored with everything back home and heard about what's going on over here and, you know, the opportunities that it gives us, you know, coming from Australia. I didn't even graduate high school, so, you know, getting the opportunity to come back over here and, you know, get my, uh, you know, college degree is amazing. So, you know, it's, it's unreal. Like in soccer and football, you know, kicking a soccer ball is not the same as kicking a football. Is punting y'all's Aussie rules football the same as the, you know, big game ball that you guys kick now? It's 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 very similar. Uh, I guess slightly different shape. So it definitely takes some getting used to. Um, I know there's a fair bit of difference between what we call a Sharon back home and a V1 over here. Um, V1's not the not my favorite football choice but um but yeah i guess i guess the skills kind of translate um definitely wearing a helmet and pads and all that kind of stuff for the first time takes a bit of getting used to and and just everything you know learning the game as you go through Uh, i don't know if lou's had one this year but you know i had one this year for the first time where i kind of had to kick it back through the end zone for a safety and just things like that like you're just learning on the fly and you don't really know exactly what's happening, which makes it really hard to adjust. But uh, we definitely do come over with, here with a skill set, I guess, that's unique that helps us out. Yeah, because you guys can do the rugby style and, and the rollouts, but then you guys are also like learning how to hit the pro style punt as well, right, Lou? Yeah, so, um, yeah, the ball's pretty similar back home as we do the rollout. I think, you know, with the college rules of, you know, the gunners not been out of to leave as soon as the ball is snapped, you know, um, when you when you hold the ball a little longer with the rollout, I think, you know, when you're in college, like a coach, I, I asked if I could, you know, go pro style, but I don't think, you know, the coaches see what you can do just rolling out. So they are they're like, no way, but it's a little different. I think the difference between, the, you know, Sharon back home, Sharon football is, you know, the, it's less pointy, it's more of a sweet spot. So you can sort of kick it anywhere and it's going to go with the, uh, you know, college football is like I was saying, it's a little pointy. You have to sort of get under it a little more. But, but yeah, we're always practicing pro style, you know, staying ready for it when that time comes. So. Well, what's funny is at the next level, which I cannot wait to see you guys progress and eventually make an NFL roster. Dude, the pro style punt, it's it's not that much I mean, it's not that popular as everyone might think. Right. It's trained so much at the early levels, but at the college or excuse me, at the pro level, it's kind of going extinct. Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, I think I think our program would like to say that they've had a little hand in that. Uh, and definitely some Australian guys that have come over. I think one thing that I say to people is one of the biggest progressions, I think, in all of college football, I'd say, over the last 10 years has been the punting skills, um, how good punting has become. Uh, I look back maybe three years ago, I was just having – I was bored one night and looking at some of the guys, and there was barely guys that were averaging over 44 now if you don't average over 44 you're not even in the top 50 60 guys so um definitely the skills have progressed um i think a little bit a little bit of that has been the australian guys coming over here and probably bringing in a unique skill set but also the american guys have, have come along with that and they've been challenged to be even better now with some more competition and you know a guy like Braden Mann averaging over 50 for a year unbelievable so um yeah i guess i guess it's just kind of progressed as we've gone on and um the spiral was kind of you know not as accurate I guess as some other kicks can be so and uh yeah just going off what Duff said I think you know in the league you even see a lot of punters now just doing the you know two-step end over end instead of spiraling now at a lot of teams so it definitely is progressing but um definitely until you know 
I don't think the rules are going to change in the league. So, I mean, it's going to be a two-step and hang time is always going to be important coming into the league instead of holding on and, you know, holding on to the ball for as long as you can, letting the gunners down like you do in college. So, Max, last year you were um, the Ray Guy award winner and one of the finalists with you was Sterling Hoffrichter. And also to mention, Lou, you were also named a semifinalist. Both you boys were named semifinalists this year. So hats off to you. That's pretty awesome. But uh, I've charted every single punt this year in the NFL. And this is uh, the, the prettiest that I have of a midseason review. As you kind of look at this, what kind of what stands out to you, uh, Lou or, or Max, whichever, um, from of Sterling's numbers, who's, you know, one of y'all's peers? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess just look at the, the balls on the boundary. Um, I think that's one thing that, um, you know, we try to do in college as well and, and why maybe the, the rollouts work so well. But for a guy to be able to do this with spiral is, is really, really impressive. Um, just the ability to put the ball on the boundary and make sure that those balls aren't going down the middle. There's, there's definitely a lot of guys that can bang it and kick it a long way down the field, but I don't think it helps if it's if it's right down the middle. So um, the ability to put the ball down on the sideline and make sure you're limiting returns is, is obviously always huge. I think position of the ball in the league is really important when you have the returners and the skill set, you know, the people you have to kick to at the next level, you know, that you rarely see a fair catch. So putting it on either outside the right numbers or left numbers you know you're giving you know your punt team an opportunity to create that net and sort of keep them to that boundary side instead of having a full open field I think you know um, placement is very important and just quickly on that as well it's for me and Lou um, and particularly the guys that do roll out I guess kick it all over the field we kick a lot of you know roll out to the right kick it left it's we find we get a lot of two returner looks as well. So it makes it even more important that wherever you're telling your team the ball's going to go, it does go there. Because uh, as I found out two weeks ago at Florida, if you accidentally uh, hit one off the side and it goes to the wrong bloke, it ends up in six points for the other team or seven points for the other team. So um, it, even more so when you when they start putting two guys back, it's got to be exactly where you tell them you're putting it. You guys bring up so many good points. Do y'all want to nerd out about punting for a minute? Is that cool? I'm definitely basically broken it down by what you guys talked about is the boundary, which would be the boundary in between the numbers, which is green, blue, which is between the top of the numbers and the hash, and then red, which is in the middle of the field. What I did was this is all data from the first eight weeks of the NFL season, and these are the return yards based on where the ball lands. So, I mean, you can see kind of like an outlier over here on the red is if you're punting the ball in the middle of the field and it lands between the 10 and the 20, the average return yard is 9.2 yards versus if you put the, if you punt it in the same area, 10 to 20 yards and put it between the numbers and the boundary in the green zone, it's 2.8 eight yards so that's like a that's six point that's six and a half yard difference yeah and i guess i guess playing basketball growing up a bit of terminology of like that that boundary is your extra defender so um not giving them two options to go either way is big and being able to trap them into the boundary like lou said and making sure that you know you can leverage that boundary is, is really big also i think one other thing as well that people don't think about that we talk about a lot of kentucky is if we're making the return and go sideways and he's catching the ball running sideways it's really hard for him to change his momentum and go forward. Whereas if he's able to sit under that ball and come forward into it, then he's starting off his return already. But 
if we can make him, like I said, go sideways or even backwards, um, his momentum isn't going in the way of his return, and that's really big for our team. This is Lou Headley and Max Duffy, who you just heard, punter for the Kentucky Wildcats, Mr. Duffy, and Mr. Headley is the punter for the Miami Hurricanes. It's funny, Headley Duffy sounds like some kind of like insurance adjusting firm or like real estate firm. So, guys, you guys are so used to playing like organically, right? So, Lou, is one of your strengths putting the ball like Max was saying, using the boundary as your extra defender? My first year last year, I didn't do a, re- uh, a very good job of putting the ball outside the numbers. I think, um, my, you know, stats were pretty good, but I got lucky. You know, we have a really good athletes running down there for me. Um, I actually called Duff before the season um, a couple of times and just, you know, talked football with him and talked about punting and, you know, he gave me some tips. And I guess, you know, and even my coaches, we just emphasised, we went over every single punt from last year. We realised, you know, I was essentially all my big balls were going down the middle. I guess I wasn't opening my hips up. I didn't really trust uh, you know, kicking to the boundary in case we'd go out too early. But this year during quarantine, I worked a lot on, you know, generating that power and the follow through and, you know, with with uh, accuracy on the outside of the numbers is really important. It's helped me a lot this year, just, you know, placing that ball outside the numbers with the gunners we have, it, yeah, it makes it hard for um, the opposition to return a ball. When you guys had that conversation, Lou, what did you guys, you and Max, talk about before the season? Um, Duff sort of, Duff went over my film um, and he sort of told me that I've got a lot more time. You know, I can hold the ball a lot more. I was sort of, um, I didn't really read the rush when I got out there last year. I sort of just went out there, um, you know, sort of put myself under stress that I didn't need to. I had a lot more time. Then what I did, so this year I sort of, I go out there and, you know, I'm counting who's come. I can sort of tell if it's a hold up or I need to, I need to get rid of it. And that's helped me a lot. You know, doctor saying, you know, just relax, uh, you know, go out there. If you can sort of, now I can tell whether, you know, they're, they're going to hold up or rush me. So that that's helped a lot. And obviously giving yourself that extra point, whatever of a second to hold it um, really helps with, you know, ball placement as well compared to where I was just sort of going through the same steps every single punt last year, whether it was a rush or not. And this year I kind of, you know, I, I hold the ball a lot longer if, if there's a hold up and it's, it's helped me a lot. Year over year, Lou, you have improved 8% on your distance. 8% in one year. If, if, if I could do that right now, I, I I don't even I'd be in the NFL right. The, 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 that's a huge, huge number, especially at the age that you're at. But you're literally continually learning how to punt. So, what has changed in the last year? I know you talked about relaxing. Is that the difference that is behind the eight percent increase from forty three point nine yards to forty seven point two this year? Um, yeah, I think when you hold the ball a little longer. Um, Every time I do that, uh, there seems to be a big ball when, you know, when it's a hold up and I sort of stride out a little slower and you get, you get time to do it. But um, other than that, I think, yeah, I think it's a lot to do is, is mental, you know. When you're going out there stressing about people coming and blocking the punt, you, you already just want to get rid of it quicker. and You, you forget about all these basic little things you've, you've practiced your whole life and it comes to kicking and I think I go out there now and, you know, it kind of feels like I'm just, you know, uh, at a practice period. I, I feel really calm out there. and I hold the ball and just, you know, do what I know. And uh, it's helped me a lot. All right. This is where I like to nerd out some more, Duff. 
Let's talk about the mental part of this game, man. Is it a big piece in your game? Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think one thing that I hope if I've brought anything to a little bit on college football is just being able to play the game. And I say that in a mental state as well as a physical one, um, you know, and that's kind of the conversation that me and Lou had is Lou's a great talent. Lou's a much better kick than me, but I just felt like sometimes you've got to be able to dictate to them. So if they're trying to get a return, then just hold on to the ball even longer. And now obviously that's, you know, you're easy, it's easier to do that at college level than at NFL level, but you've got to play the game and the rules that allow you to play it. So, you know, at Kentucky, we'll change our scheme or, our, or however we set it up with our gunners, everything, every single week. Because as you know, if you give them, if you give a special teams coordinator the same look, they start to scheme up blocks and et cetera, et cetera. So I think part of the mental thing is just also being able to play the game and making sure that you're always trying to see it as a proactive, a kind of positive play rather than, hey, let's not stuff this up. Um, but I think my mental stuff, my mental side would come from just preparation. Uh, I was actually listening to your podcast with Thomas Morstead. I thought that was great, uh, the way that he approaches it. And he was such an interesting guy to listen to. But for me, it just comes from if I prepare as best as I possibly can and do everything I can in the years, months, weeks leading up to the game, then I know that I've done everything I possibly can. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I've given myself the best opportunity to succeed. So for me, it's making sure that I don't really care what happens on a Saturday, to be honest, because I know I've done everything I can. And if it doesn't work out, like it definitely has multiple times, it hasn't worked out, but that's okay. The percentages and the stats say that eventually I'm going to have a bad one, but eventually I'm going to have a really good one too. So um, I don't get too caught up in the results on Saturday. I just am really, really pedantic about my preparation and what I do in the, and like I said, the years, months and weeks leading up, you know, you can't just decide to all of a sudden try and have your best week one week. You got to make sure that from January 1, whenever you guys are starting or January 10, when the preseason starts, that's when, you know, you're going to find out if you're going to be a good kicker or not, because you got to prepare well. Don't give me the politically like, hey, this is like the right answer, because this is what our, I mean, really, how hard is it? That you, how much work do you really put into this thing? Um, I mean, I I'd definitely spend a lot of time working out um, in the gym. And, like, I don't really look like it, but I'm, it's punting specific stuff. Um, it's also looking after your body as well. So I spend a lot of time in the training room making sure that, you know, I'll be ready to go um, if it's kind of knee, tendonitis stuff that a lot of punters get or looking after your quad, et cetera. So, um, you know, I put a lot of time into that. I put a lot of time. I'm studying sports psychology. I'm about to give a master's. So a lot of time into preparation of you know mental things at practice uh, making sure that practice is as good as it can be and as realistic as it can be um, trying to put yourself under that kind of pressure that you would you would get in a game but um, I guess me and Lou I'm me and Lou are pretty similar we kick a lot of balls um, probably more than what's recommended just because I don't really go off film I'm not sure if Lou does I've never really asked him that I don't go off film I just go off feel and touch so if it takes me 50 to 70 balls per game to try and get that feel um, then and that's what it is. It's not a it's not a technique thing for me. It's a, it's just to go out there and kick it. And when I start feeling good about it, then I can slow down a little bit. But if it takes me a long time to get into it, then that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, during the week, I think last year I kicked a little too much during the week. I think you know the days we had off during practice during season, I would I'd go out there and kick for like scout punt and stuff like that. Whereas this year, I sort of I slowed down a bit, but as Darth said, I, I kick a little too much for what the coaches like before the game. They're always telling me to uh, slow down and ease up, just relax a little bit. But yeah, I'm the same. I sort of 
you know, you, you just keep kicking until you sort of get a get a smooth little um, rhythm going. And once you start, you know, hitting four or five balls in a row where you, you're putting them where you want them and you're feeling good at sort of popping off the boot, you sort of just, yeah, slow it down a little bit. Man, slow your roll. Do your thing. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, you guys don't seem too uh, stressed out about this podcast and you guys don't seem too stressed out about your craft. I mean, it's just kicking a ball at the end of the day, so it's pretty fun. Um, It really doesn't mean much. We can try and pretend that it does. It really doesn't mean a whole lot in the game. It's definitely important, but um, it don't matter if your quarterback throws eight picks or your defense can't stop them. So our role is important to try and help the team, but it really doesn't matter. And I think me and Lou have a lot of fun with it. Um, You know, obviously coming over from Australia, if you're not going to come over here, and have fun and enjoy it um, then like what's the point of coming over right, my favourite parts of the game is when I'm not playing and you know maybe at Florida at three quarter time when there's when there's some songs going on or you know at Texas A&M when things are going on like those kind of things are the best because as a punter you actually get to enjoy the game uh, you get to you know sit back and, and have a good time with it and I think if you're always sitting there stressed about it then that's not going to do you any good it's just about enjoying every experience that we get to have and the big crowds we get to play in front of and the players we get to see and play and watch and all that kind of thing so um yeah you just got to have a good time uh yeah i agree um you just i think like i said last year i was a little bit more uptight and i would i'll be walking up and down the sideline sort of thinking about my next kick a little too much and i mean i had the conversation with duff uh before the season and just a lot of people i'm a lot more relaxed this year and like duffy said i'm I, I enjoy the game a lot more now. I sit down, you know, relax with, with the kicker and the snapper. All of us boys just sit down, relax, and actually enjoy to watch the game of football. It's been uh, amazing seeing Derek, um, you know, come here from Houston and do his thing this year. We're having a lot better year this year, which is, you know, always a lot more fun. So um, we've only lost one game this year. We've got two more left. It's, it's been a really enjoyable season, even though, you know, with COVID restrictions, it's not a normal season. It's been kind of weird. It's it's been very strange, but um, you know, making the most out of a, you know a bad a bad situation, and I'm still having a really fun year, and yeah, looking forward to you know my last year next year. Man, Isaac Pearson is a, a, a young pro kick, Australia. He's a different generation of you guys, but he DM'd me and he wanted to know, you know, how do you guys get out of a rut and. You know, how do you guys reset me- mentally? And it, it sounds like the answer was just given, which is, man, just relax. Enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, like I just say to my other specialists sometimes, and, you know, you're going to have, like, statistically, you can't be perfect. And, you know, the better you prepare and the better you are, the better your stats are going to be over the long run, right? But you can't. all you can do to help that is prepare as best you can. You can't do any more than that. There's no secret formula. There's no magic to it. You're just gonna if you prepare as best you can you give yourself the best opportunity to succeed and and then the stats will show for themselves so i mean even like i go through sometimes with the guys and i've had to do it myself early days is like if something goes wrong how am i going to respond like actually thinking about that before it happens and you know what if i shank the first two and they both get returned for touchdowns Does that mean the next three are going to be bad or do the next three need to be good and does anyone really care not really i mean i always say to the special teams guys as well there's like what eight billion people in the world and maybe one million are watching like there's a whole lot of people that don't care so don't get caught up in thinking that people care and you know it's it's the end of the world to people it's really
really not. Uh, people won't remember me and Lou in about three or four years' time. They won't remember the shank that you had somewhere at Mississippi State or wherever. They they probably already forgotten about it two hours after the game. So don't get too worked up about it. Enjoy it. It's actually fun when you mess up because you get a little bit of a laugh and that's part of the fun. Of If it was too easy, it wouldn't be worth doing. So uh, it's always good to, you know, have some negatives and, and it keeps it interesting. Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, especially as a college punter, um, it's it's bound to happen. You only get a bad ball, like 100%. You're learning. That's that's the process. College, I mean, um, you know, I think uh, I was worked up after I hit bad balls last year. You know, you'd come off and you sort of stress a little bit. And all that does is you just, the more stressed out you are, you, you're just going to forget the simple, simple little mechanics that, you know, you know, it's so easy to do, which, which are causing the mess up and the calmer you are out there and more relaxed. And the less you care about stuffing up is like the better you're going to perform because, you know, like, Oh, if I want to, if I hit a bad ball, if, if I miss hit this ball, you know, you, you go sit back down, you, you're probably going to get another opportunity to come out there and do it again. And like you said, if, if, you know, no one really cares that much, you know, you think you do, like you think people do, you think the team cares, but you know, everyone, everyone loves you. You just, you just go back out there and do, and to, and just to add on to that as well, sometimes like I always think about different perspectives and, and it might be easy for me and Lou to say that because we have had a bit of, you know, success at the college level. And sometimes like you can get stuck into that little rut of, well, hey, I'm not up the top of the stats, so I don't have this confidence coming from what I'm doing. All I would say to that is, is again, and I always go on about this, but just your preparation, then work out what in your preparation is failing you because everyone that's playing college football has a big leg Work out what it is whether it's the way that you're looking after your body whether it's what you're doing in the weight room whether it is the mental side of the game do you need to go see a sports psych just work out what it is in your preparation that's letting you down and then your results will come better on the field for you guys that are listening young guys americans australians uh, i don't care what you are we're all human and you're listening to two guys that are learning how to relax on one of them it got him the red guy award in 2019, the nation's top punter. On the other, you see an 8% increase in one year just by chilling. And in 2020, both of these boys are in the top 10 in the NCAA in punting. These are the things they're talking about. Taking it easy, having fun, enjoying the game, keeping it simple, working super hard, and investing the time and energy and money into the preparation. Let's go. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. It's an awesome opportunity. You uh, you can't take it for granted. I know uh, Lou, when he was doing his trade stuff and when I was chopping down trees, I didn't think I'd ever be in this sport. So uh, it's uh, it's really fun. And if you don't enjoy it, don't do it. These guys got big smiles. Look, this is not a YouTube podcast. This is one of these things where we've all got face for radio, but I'm looking at this Zoom screen and both, both these guys have huge smiles on their face. And it seems like you guys are really grateful for everything that you guys have and the experiences that you you're you know enjoying yeah definitely i think you know looking back on what i was doing back home I was just scaffolding in construction you know working out in the damn desert for four weeks at a time and coming back um you know coming over here i'm, I'm living in miami i mean it's i think as far as a specialist goes i think miami's up there with one of the best spots we, we just chill and uh you know we get it's it's warm weather all year round here so i mean if you're complaining in this place, I think, you know, there's something wrong. Is uh, Jose teaching you any Spanish? And that uh, Jose, I'm talking about Borregales. Yeah, yeah. No, um, not really, but he's been great coming in. Um, you know, he's doing his thing this year. 
I think he's, you know, I think he's the best kicker in college football um, as of right now, and I'm excited to see what he does, um, you know, next year. Well, what's what's really cool is there's only other one other duo that has a semifinalist in Lou Groza, which is given in the nation's top kicker in Ray Guy, which we've talked about. So both Lou Headley and uh, Jose Borregales are, you know, up for you know the, the nation's top kicker and punter. Over at Georgia, it's it's kind of the same thing. They got Jake Camarda and Jack Podlesny. Dude, that's phenomenal. You guys are chilling. You guys are meshing. You guys put the work in COVID-19, quarantine. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting my degree. I'm getting my master's degree, which is what I want. And I'm getting the experiences that guys have, that very few people in America, let alone Australia, are able to have. So I enjoy every single day. Uh, I love all the guys here at Kentucky, coaches, everyone's made it such a great place. I hate that it snows. That sucks, but everything else is great. Um, met some great guys along the way as well, not just the Australian guys, but, you know, some really good guys. I got to hang out with Keith Duncan um, in the all American uh, kind of night that we had uh, earlier this year. Uh, that was really awesome. Um, Keith's a great guy. So just just guys like that that you meet along the way have been good. And uh, yeah, it's such a good experience. Dude, how cool is Keith? Yeah, well, I always joke with him that he wanted to come to Kentucky his whole life, but we never offered him because he's not good enough. But, you know, obviously to take his second pick at Iowa was good. And I'm glad that he got his second choice at Iowa. And uh, he's been great. I, I'm guessing if you didn't say his name, he didn't make the, the semifinalist for the Lou Groza, which is a bit disappointing but loser, um, sorry, Keith's a great kicker. The last thing I want to ask you, Duff, you've played against some pretty legit either, you know, return men or had gunners. Could those guys go play at the highest level of Australian rules? Uh, no, because they can't kick. So, like... They're unbelievable athletes, unbelievable athletes. And when I came over here, that was one of the coolest things, just to see these guys in the weight room. Um, we spend a lot more time running uh, back home with our sport, but um, unbelievable athletes, but can't kick. You need to be able to kick to, to play our sport. Uh, obviously, that's why we have a bit of success coming over here. My strength and conditioning coach always jokes that he could take 22 of our guys on our team and he could beat any Australian team. But um, unfortunately, there's just too much... Um, that goes into kicking on the run and you know what it's like people don't respect specialists until you have to do the job themselves so um it's a little it's a little harder than it looks yeah i mean afl is a tough sport um but i don't know i think if you know american you know skill players uh, nfl skill players were going up to australia um you know i think it'll put a, a few australians out of business but <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, this has been a fun roundtable, probably the most interesting roundtable because I came in with some expectations and those expectations were totally, they were quelched. I mean, you guys are superb human beings. You're really incredible athletes and a lot of fun to hang out with. And guess what? I, I could understand every word that you guys were saying. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was arguing. You can thank... Yo, no, you can thank Brad Wing and, and Jamie Keene. Jamie Keene was my teammate. He's from Miner's Rest, and, and Brad's from Melbourne. So those guys have some pretty thick accents. Yeah, no doubt. Those two are two legends. They started all off. So, um, yeah, I've actually met Jamie Keene a couple of times. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, shout out to my, to my boys. Hope you guys are doing well. Man, 
the next time I talk to you guys, I have a pl- I have an idea that it'll have some three letters behind it, and that'll be NFL. So thank you guys so much for joining the this little special teams roundtable. It was a cool little conversation. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to get back on in the future. Um, you know, and we can hopefully even if it's next year, we can have another conversation just like this one. Yeah, and thanks for having us on. Yeah, man, it's so uh, that it's so much fun. I mean, seriously, guys, you guys coming in to just hang out. It's like Thomas Moore said, said, whatever you give, it makes you grow. Yeah, no, he uh, he was great. That was such a great pod. And uh, I guess if I was going to add one thing, I think Luke kind of downplayed his ability to look after reptiles. We probably could have got into that for, for about 30 minutes. But I'm um, <laughs> Hey, the the only thing that I know about reptiles is that I have alligator cowboy boots. <laughs> well, you can you can come make some uh, snake boots out of the things I got here, Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is uh that, that was Lou Headley and Max Duffy.